won the couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 132 for the 12th of March, 2010. How are you doing, James? I'm most excellent, thanks, Ian. And uh, here we are back on the couch for episode 132. Indeed, and we're going to be talking about that heady mix of business news, technology news, content delivery news. Bit of mobile stuff, gaming, and uh, any other crazy things. But all within the kind of realm of digital media, really. So if that's not your bag... Stop now and listen to another podcast. If, but if it is, then we've got plenty of good news for you this week. Indeed, lots of stuff going on. Um, and if you've got any news for us or any feedback, tell your friends, give us a review on iTunes or send us an email at feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter, indeed. Yep, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter on Couch Podcast. There we go. You'll find us there. Indeed. So, James, we've got some uh, interesting business news going on at the moment with Sky. Oh, yes. You were telling me about this before. What's all that about? So, uh, Sky appear to have... Uh, this is B-Sky B in the UK, right? That's right. They've got a, they've got a rumour out that they're going to delist from the stock exchange. Well, I'm sure they didn't start it. I'm sure they didn't, but someone did. <laughs> <laughs> and, someone uh, who's got a few of their shares, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. And so, the, the uh, share price has uh, gone up 5% today, which is not a bad effort for a one day's work. Mm. Uh, so it looks like they might. it's possible they might be doing something similar to what they did with uh, what News did with NDS... And uh, June 2008, spin that off. There's a slight probably difference, though, because Sky's only, what, it's 35% news ownership, isn't it? So it's quite a few other shareholders there. I think they've got the largest chunk, but um, yeah. lots of other people to get to agree. And I don't know what the float is as well. So mm. it's quite a lot of... Uh, but we'll watch and see. Maybe things will change in the week. Or maybe they've just got some fantastic results brewing. Who knows? Mm. So, yeah, uh, it's interesting to see. Uh, mm. But I, I noticed as well that uh, news is pretty much divested themselves of everything in kind of the Eastern Europe area. Yeah. In respect to pay TV, TV channels, just about everything. So some sort of consolidation going on, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So we'll watch and learn. We will. And uh, moving right on to technology news this week. Yes. Now, James, we've, uh, you know, we've, we're both kind of interested in what's happening in terms of technology and being able to do green things with technology. And, yeah. Uh, you know, we've all been forced in our homes to be using these terrible fluorescent lights these days. Well, I think you just got the wrong ones, Ian. That's what <laughs> they're I'd green. Say. They're dearest, well, terrible. I think, I mean, the thing is, as an early adopter, which frankly, you and I probably are, um, mm-hmm. we probably bought the first sort of eco bulbs and yeah, mm-hmm. they take forever to warm up and the light's a bit fuzzy and you know, all this kind of stuff. The mm-hmm. new ones are actually pretty good, I think, really. So, um, now okay. what's this, what's this little story, but this well, is about using normal lights to transmit your sort of not Wi-Fi, but Light-Fi or something, is that right? Yeah, so the idea here is that if you... Uh, I mean, the problem with normal incandescent lights and fluorescent lights mm. uh, for this sort of thing is that they... And they you can't modulate them, slowly. can you? You can't yeah. modulate them, yep. So, yeah. uh, but if you're using LED lights, yeah. then of course you can switch them off and on very, very quickly. Yeah. Indeed. And that means that not only can you light your room, you can also send data to all the things that can see the light in the room. Mm. So literally, I've seen the light. <laughs> Exactly. So you could be surfing the net uh, via your light uh, very soon. Uh, and uh, I don't know if they've called it light fire, but... Uh, you can't do it in a darkened room, can you? 
Uh, well, we can't do it with the lights <laughs> off. That's true. That's a very good point. It would be good for parents and kids, wouldn't it? It's like, sorry, kids, lights out. And it's like, oh, and, and you could tell it off. Yeah, exactly. Lights out, internet off. Click. Um, but, but they reckon they can get 230 megabits out of that, which is not a bad little... But they've been doing this with kind of laser light modulation for like in cities and stuff. People oh, yeah. I mean, with poor infrastructure, they've used yeah. lasers between buildings and Absolutely. that's kind of, you know pretty normal so it's not a great and it's fine until a bird flies in between you and the building well it gets fried doesn't yeah. it if it's laser clearly uh, slice well, it in half it does, yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, laser slices so i mean this mm. solves some of the problems with wi-fi in that uh, if you don't secure it properly or even if you do people are leeching it from next door and there's only a certain amount of bandwidth i mean it's probably fine for you james in your luxurious uh, country villa yeah well it's quite uh, secure as well i guess light to some extent it doesn't leak out obviously you can, exactly. close, you can close the curtains so uh, exactly Mm. Uh, but for us here in uh, sunny London, uh, even even now I can see probably uh, two dozen different Wi-Fi networks, and wow. yeah, there's not much space in the Wi-Fi realm for. Does that affect your on. sort of gross throughput? Or it seems to at about six o'clock when everyone gets home and then surfs the web. Well, that's just a standard sort of. That's the D slam. Everyone's on the same exchange. I just mm, wonder possibly. if your general traffic is. You know, if you're doing a wireless transfer between nodes in your house, mm. is that stop because everyone else is using the same frequencies because i think there are only and one of our listeners is bound to correct me like three fundamental mm-hmm. frequencies for certainly 802.11 b and g i think so yeah, the others are sub channel so you're basically just sharing time division slots as you opposed to frequencies so i mean the reason why that works is mm. that wi-fi actually checks to see if there's anything on uh on the airwaves at, yeah. at the time before it actually puts something out but nevertheless it just cuts into all the bandwidth everyone else is using yeah, exactly. It is a shared resource, even if you're mm. on a different um, Wi-Fi router. So, yeah, it's interesting to see how that'll work. Yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, I don't know if it's particularly new, but Fraunhofer always comes out with some wacky, weird stuff. So They do. They're fabulous. Very good for them. Um, now, content delivery. It's kind of technology as well. I, I mm. just, um, obviously, 3D's catching on. I saw a 3D um, of uh, a U2 concert, actually, in IMAX. Oh, um, how was that? It was pretty loud, but then maybe I'm getting old. You know. um, and, and I'm not a great, I'm not a fantastic U2 fan, but it was pretty good. I mean, certainly the thing that got me was mm. when they did some quite good shots from sort of within the crowd, looking at the stage. All oh, right. And when people started sticking their arms up, I thought the person in front of me had stuck their arms up because it was very. Wow, kind of, that's it cool. was excellent. No, it was it was very good actually. Um, I'd recommend it. I mean, it's it's uh, that's cool. about an hour and a half, but uh, it was good actually. So uh, well, I mean, you don't impress easily, James. So that's uh, no, it, it was good, and I, I've, I'd heard it was a very good movie to watch in three D because right, right. it is a kind of a live format of entertainment, but clearly yeah. it's not live like a sports match where yeah. they don't have you can't really change your mind on an edit point. But obviously, this yeah. has been handcrafted, and it was from a number of concerts in Latin America, I think. So mm. they put together the best bits and they had all the cameras yeah, there, and yeah, um, very nice. So uh, I'd recommend that. Anyway, that what we're going to talk about is um, the 3D coming into the living room, not into the yeah, IMAX. And I think uh, that's, uh, that's where we, we've been interested in the challenge about how we uh, how we take that technology, which looks great in an IMAX theatre, and uh, yeah. try and do it in your own home. And now they are starting to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw, I know you, you saw some stuff here about Samsung. I saw in Best Buy in the US, mm-hmm. they're launching a sort of a bundle for 3D. Right. Which is a two and a half thousand dollar Panasonic Vieira Cast TV, nice. A four hundred dollar Blu-ray disc player, and one hundred and fifty dollars for the specs, oh. which is uh, which is similar to the pricing we've got here in the show notes wow. uh, for Samsung. And these are the um, 
kind of shutter LCD shutter glasses, mm-hmm. uh, and these are the ones I was wearing for the U2 thing as well. In fact, they had they were quite chunky, yeah. Um, and in, I think a lot of it, they you know when you when you shoplift, I'm not saying I do, but you know if you walk out of a shop, um, <laughs> uh-huh. the, they have these bars to that beep if you're taking something out. They've got them to stop people pinching the glasses because oh, clearly wow. they're expensive. You know, in retail, they're probably 150, but they're probably still. 45, 50 bucks. So, yeah, to actually make them. Yeah. And you've got to replace the batteries. And they said before mm. the thing, you know, if the batteries aren't work, get up, go back and get a new pair and all this oh. kind of stuff. It didn't happen to me, fortunately. That's good. Um, so, so you, Samsung are looking at uh, being able to sell 3D sets uh, and bundling the, th- again, bundling the Blu ray disc and the telly mm. together with. Uh, two pairs of active shutter specs. And what's the uh, what's the retail price in? Uh, I don't think they're going to tell us. <laughs> no, no. Oh, so you get a copy of Monsters vs Aliens as well because <laughs> you've got to get a movie. And I guess you need to have you to make sure you watch, don't you? Um, I'm sure Sony will do something with the PS3. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I mean, if we look at that price point in the US of uh, what amounts to what three thousand dollars? Yeah. So it's going to be £3,000, you think, in the UK. That's the way yeah, it seems probably, to work, doesn't it? Yeah, similar sort of price point. Um, but some 3D gaming would be quite quite exciting. I would have thought they'd... Uh, yeah, but then that's going to be a, a Sony kind of thing, really, isn't it? I guess yeah. you could have Wii titles and things like that, but, I mean, f- the Wii output is, what, 480p? So mm, it's not going to happen. And that's, you know, P, P60. It's, no, it's not going to happen. I don't think the mm. Wii's got the grunt to suddenly, you know, no. double the framework. Yeah, frame. that's interesting conjecture, though. Maybe the next mm. Wii is going to be 3D. Is there going to be another Wii? Who knows? Mm, it's been rumours for a while. Mm. Uh, but we'll talk about that more in the gaming. I mean, we've got some more information on the LG. They reckon they're selling their first uh, 3D display in the UK. And uh, they're doing it in time for the Sky 3D service to roll out in April. So that's a lot sooner than I'd imagined that Sky yeah, but that's, actually that's going to be not consumer homes. In the picture here, we've got the guys watching in the pub. Yep. And this is... Is this a different one? I mean, everyone seems to be going in the Best Buy, the Panasonic and the Samsung going for shutter glasses. This one, mm-hmm. the ones we saw, certainly I saw anyway for the um, the Sky one, we're using um, polarised displays and polarised mm-hmm. glasses. Um, but they do say here, LG's ultra slim Infinia. Uh, super slim, blah, blah, blah. Uses active 3D technology. Right, so it's a shutter glasses as well. Yeah, so... I mean, I can understand that. You, I mean, you kind of swap uh, complexity in the TV for complexity in uh, the glasses, as long as you got them synchronised. Well, yeah, but also people don't steal the glasses, which is a big issue in a pub. Clearly, that's <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. I think there's, yeah. you know, there are some practicalities here. Um, it's true. So yeah, we'll wait and see. But I mean, again, it comes down to the content. I mean, I I chose to watch this U two thing because the others would have been. You know, a jump mm. into the fish tank or something like that. There's only so mm. much of that stuff you can watch. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, let's see. Um, mm. So, uh, still in content delivery, uh, there's a survey being done. I mean, you can get surveys to say anything, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is one commissioned by someone doing a internet on TV co- conference, presumably. Uh, presumably. They, well, they, yeah. what they found is that 26% of US consumers already watch internet-based Sorry, internet sourced TV content more so than once a week. YouTube, uh, yeah, and forty uh, percent said they want a combination of broadcast TV and on-demand TV. Uh, I don't know if that actually is particularly remarkable. In that, I mean, uh, we like to sit down and watch something being thrown at us, but we also like to have some choice occasionally. 
And yeah. I guess the idea behind all the internet uh, streaming services is that it gives you that choice. Um, often the VOD services that you've got on uh, cable and uh, and satellite are often hard to get your head around and find the content you want. Well, it's, I think Once, the navigation is tricky, isn't it? Because oh, exactly. you're using it's a remote and it's a little easier with a mouse and yeah, a super totally. search and, and be able stuff, to type yeah. a few characters of the thing that you're yeah, exactly. thinking about. It makes it a lot easier if you're actually in front of a... Mm. Uh, or a laptop or something, but I think th- I think what what's missing there is probably the combination of being able to find things and being able to watch things on your TV. Because fundamentally, people like to watch uh, content sitting in their lounge room on their big telly. Uh, but it's the finding it that's the difficult thing. So maybe there's yeah. some combination that'd work. Well, it's all yeah. I mean, it's I think finding finding and being happy, finding the right <laughs> stuff. It's easy. To, I mean, I remember I think we talked before in one of the earlier shows about. And my first experience of cable VOD was mm-hmm. a nice menu, but they only seem to have like 10 bits of content. And so wherever, wherever you tried to find it, you always end up with the same film. And you go, yep. hang on, how many films are there? <laughs> There's only one. <laughs> There's only one. <laughs> I want an so, action. Ooh. I want a romance. Oh, it's the action romance comedy movie. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. So, um, yeah, I'm sure some converged TV services, but while everyone, while the no standards exist, everyone has their own little mm-hmm. style and... Mm-hmm. It's a bit, um, you know, there's still, maybe we'll watch Canvas, see what happens, although there's always a bit of news about that in the UK, that's not global, most TV manufacturers make for a global market, so, you know, wait and see, fast forward a couple of years. Exactly. We've kind of fast forwarded a couple of years uh, in respect to mobile TV now. Mm. Um, We've got an interesting piece of commentary here about whether or not mobile TV is uh, going to succeed at all, Uh, and... uh, it talks about how there's been a couple of European, major European countries that have had a crack at uh, getting mobile TV out there, mm. and uh, they've all handed back their DVBH licenses and said, "Yep, thanks for that. Uh, I don't think we'll continue with that." Really, I mean, maybe just in time for the sort of the the iPads and net po- net pod things to come out. Yeah, uh, which are going to have built-in tuners. Uh, yeah, exactly. And um, and the article makes the point that you know with a one of the USB TV sticks, you can shove that in a laptop and have TV if you really want um, at a much cheaper price than... Yeah, and uh, I mean, there are need. obviously, this is maybe Euro-centric in North America. I don't know how Definitely. successful the services are. You can get um, digital TV services just delivered over IP. Mm. So it's just pure IP delivery, um, which obviously isn't particularly battery-friendly, which I think certainly DVB-H was looking at. And in Japan and Korea, there's the ISDBT stuff, which seems relatively... Mm. Popular, but these are the kind of countries which have wired up their commuter railways yeah. with with Plenty mobile phone coverage. Yeah. So you don't go into the oh, I'm I'm on an underground train, therefore I get nothing. Yeah. You can watch TV. Mm. So. Um, hmm. I mean, I think uh, we'd always suggested that you just need more bandwidth to be able to do mobile TV, and that's not going to happen until analog switch off, which is still. Seriously going to take another couple of years to happen. Yeah, but then, I mean, I heard something on the news recently that I think CNN switched off its analog news channel in yeah. uh, Europe. So, that's, uh, you know, things are, things are happening pretty happening. fast. Yeah, yeah. We should wait and see. Indeed. I think the concept of mobile TV is still alive in that uh, more people are watching more content in more ways while moving around than ever before. It just might not be in the kind of broadcast sense that we'd imagined. Yes, it's, it's Twittering or... Yeah, you're either Twittering, or, you're interacting with people, or you're watching content on your uh, upcoming iPad or on your iPhone mm-hmm. even. iPad's supposed to be going on sale today, actually. I haven't mm. seen the, the rumours about you know any minute now <laughs> as we record. I'm sure but, someone will tell us. It's, yes, uh, indeed. 
very exciting time for the iPad. But meanwhile, gaming is it's a bit of a low spot for gaming around this time of year, typically, with no kind of new releases jumping out there. But, yeah, um, but an interesting result for um, uh, the Xbox this mm-hmm. month, that for the first time, last month rather, for the first time, the Xbox 360 was the best-selling console. Wow. Uh, beat the Wii for the first time in two years. This is real, not like a year old data <laughs> like you had before. No, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a change. Um, so that's... Uh, that's cool. Um, I haven't heard anyone sort of raving about that, but I guess they've dropped the prices, haven't they, and um, making their work. But we've got something here, I guess it looks like Engadget from, I think, mm-hmm. which is about the PlayStation Move, which is their funny kind of new kind of Wii-like project, Natal yeah. beating mm-hmm. controller that looks like a lollipop. <laughs> it does look like a lollipop or, or a wireless microphone. Depending yeah, on or uh, something. And it's interesting, the little picture we've got in the show notes here is of someone playing table tennis, and it looks like a table tennis ball on the end of a black stick. So. It does, actually, except it never leaves the stick. Yeah. Um. <laughs> As I said, the move controller is a very odd-looking affair. No um, kidding. That's absolutely true. Uh, the, uh, I mean, it is absolutely a direct competitor in respect to mm. the Wii, the Wiimote and the Nunchuck. Mm-hmm. Um, has I don't know if they come separately or how they come, but there's the main thing with the with the coloured ball on the front. Yeah. The other thing where you hold separately and has a little control stick on it, uh, and it uses the uh, the PlayStation Eye. Is that what it's called? The Eye. The oh, the camera thing. The camera yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. one of those. Never really used it. Yeah. There you go. Well, now you've got a purpose because it uses that to tell to find the ball to find the ball where it is in the 3D space. So you can actually mm-hmm. get further and closer away to the screen. It knows where you are. At, uh, uh, and it uh, has an extra. Oh, I see. And so the um, and they're trying to claim some things like it's a bit lighter mm. than the Wiimote, and the ball on top is squishy. Oh, is it? I didn't Apparently, know so it was you squishy. can't. So I mean, I've hit a few things with the um, my Wiimote because a lot <laughs> yeah. of it pokes out, and they have to put it in some kind of condom kind of affair. Uh-huh. So this one doesn't need it because your hand is pretty much around the whole of the controller with yeah. only the only the, the soft hand, bit. You, well, only the soft bit is poking out at the end. That's yeah. the. Um, and the ball can flash any colour. Oh, um, apparently. Okay, nice to know. <laughs> so, and the, and the it's also got the three-axis gyroscope, accelerometer, and a terrestrial magnetic field sensor. I.e., that's a hall sensor. Oh, I guess, wow. isn't it? So you can actually um, it knows. Well, it's going to know a bit more information. It in absolute space, perhaps. Well, maybe. Well, it can orientate itself geographically. Then, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, it quite can. what purpose that is in a game, I'm not sure. But, um, uh, in a game, I'm not really sure because you're because you're relative, it's all relative to the screen. So I guess yeah. So you know which way it's pointing. It knows which way it's pointing yeah. uh, relative to the screen because if you point at the screen, you can see where it is and know, and know what the. Difference and I guess is. if it does use the PlayStation Eye, if the PlayStation Eye the camera isn't perfectly orientated, mm. you could have it offset to one side and it could still work out maybe where you were pointing it. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Anyway, so. When is this actually going to hit the uh, hit the streets? Uh, I don't think the exact dates have been <laughs> as as before. <laughs> Please wait. You may have to wait some time. So, uh, yeah, but they're demonstrating it, and uh, they reckon it's going to be about a hundred dollars for the bits and pieces. I don't know. Wow, probably bundled with another game, I expect. But uh, hmm. interesting to see how that works. Yeah, and obviously Project Natal from the Xbox is supposed to be coming hot on the heels, right? Which is a uh, just the camera, no need for a controller. Oh, that's right. So you actually get to wave yourself about. <laughs> well, if you want to, you can, but uh, that's a different game. That sounded very wrong, didn't yes, it? Yes, <laughs> very wrong, very wrong. Um, in the other category, I came across a um, 
you know a lot of these cameras now have got like face recognition and, uh-huh. all, and smile recognition and yep. people tracking and all this kind of stuff um, those clever people at Fuji have come mm. out with a camera which can actually um, solve one of the problems I certainly have as a pet owner is you can very difficult to take a photograph of your pet without actually looking at you so they've got a dog and cat detector camera no, that's which awesome. Can, which can tell if your dog or cat is actually when it's it's facing towards you. Ah, cool. Um, but apparently it says, brackets, small print, asterisk, asterisk, unless it's moving about a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not going to sort of catch the, the black panther in the dark right, as it, as it right, rushes through. But if your, if your dog is relatively stationary and uh-huh. it's moving its head around, it might be able to work out those are eyes on that furry mutt's face. And this is probably one of those breeds which <laughs> you can't see its eyes, in which case there's an issue, isn't it? But, so <laughs> that's, that's, the, cool. that's the Fuji Z700 um, for all you dog and cat lovers out there. Um, nice. I'm up for a new digital camera soon. That's the kind of thing I could... Uh, you definitely could go for, James. Well, there. maybe, if, it can, if I can take it underwater. Not that I... This is... Uh, you know, I'm not abusing the dog or anything. The dog doesn't go underwater. <laughs> it's, just, underwater. it's just a camera. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Mind you, I haven't done that for a while. Maybe I'm fooling myself. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I always have these great ideas about where I'm going to use particular gadgets and then uh, doesn't Don't. quite happen. <laughs> <laughs> I have used my scales. I, I must admit, I'm a bit disappointed with my, my weight gain over the last three days. It shows that if you just eat and don't exercise... <laughs> The simple equation works. You put on weight. Yep. Uh, and uh, you can document, you can you can prove it. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Very much so. Um, well, I guess that brings us kind of to the end. Kind of wraps us up, James. For Bit one, of a short three, session this, this time, but uh, we aim to please. Indeed. So uh, look forward to chatting with you next week. If you've got indeed. any feedback, send it to feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Indeed. And thanks for listening, everybody. It's goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from Ian. Bye. Bye.